Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 251, I think. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio, sweetie, you may ask. Because you'll feel outstanding. Yes. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our our outstanding motto, which is, sweetie... Oh, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. That's right, sweetie. I'm going to give you an applause for that one. So, uh, three topics this week. One is uh, how to break out of being coming a victim, victim mentality. Do you know? Any, are there any victims in your life? Are I, you a victim? No. Are you a victim, sweetie? No. Ever? Um, am I a victim? No. Have I acted like a victim yes. before? Of course. So we're Everybody gonna talk is. about victims. Uh, number two is you went to go see a guy named Rob Bell last night. Yep. And who's Rob Bell? Uh, Rob Bell is a spiritual thinker, mm-hmm. um, and he is a former preacher, and he still preaches, but he doesn't belong to a church anymore. He just kind of he he presents scientific and spiritual wisdom. Okay, very good. And then, lastly, but firstly, we're going to that uh, makes no sense. Lastly, in the list, but we're going to talk about it first in the show. Got it. Um, is this whole reaction to Cecil the lion, the poor lion that was killed in Africa, okay? Beyond killed. And you um, made fun of me because you thought it was uh, outdated information. Well, what I mean by that... This came out right after our podcast last week. Yeah, and and it's not that it's not a relevant topic in the world. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think, you know, sometimes the time has Yeah, you lose your mojo. Yeah. But... Normally, I would agree with you, but I just feel like there's something that needs to be said that hasn't been said. Go ahead. So uh, for those of you who don't know what happened, there is a lion. Uh, lions are on the endangered species list, and they're, they try to be protected by, I think this happened in Zimbabwe. Uh-huh. Does that sound right? Uh-huh. And um, there was uh, somebody who lured, so lion uh, Cecil hung out in this sanctuary, um, sanctuary, and he was baited, or she, yeah, he was baited um, outside out of the, sanctuary. the sanctuary, and was hunted and killed by a hunter. Well, if we're going to tell this story, sure. then Help me he out. was hit um, twice with a bow. Okay, he was hunted with a bow, and then he. He suffered mm-hmm. like that for a very long time yep. and then was eventually found and had, was was either had either bled to death or was then killed by the hunters. Mm-hmm. And then his head was taken and he his he, skin. Yeah, yeah. Was... I mean, it was beyond being killed. Right. I, and again, I, I know that doesn't make any sense. But what I mean is it was it was a slaughter type. A lot of suffering yeah. going on with Cecil's death. Uh-huh. So um, I, and so as soon as the story broke, then the next step of the story was that the hunter was actually some dentist from Minnesota. Correct. So I don't want to talk about the tragedy that happened to Cecil um, because what happened to Cecil was tragic. Um, What I want to first say is that that, uh, this man who hunted Cecil and was responsible for Cecil's death deserves to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law because what what he did was absolutely wrong and tragic. But the part that I think – I read an interesting blog last week and it was about mob ju- justice. And um, I don't know. I feel that there's a lot of different layers to this. One is that 
Um, it's so easy for us um, that are online to express our rage at uh, anybody or anything without any accountability. Okay, that's safe to say. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing that that happened. But I even felt personally like I know that this is apples and oranges. So I'm not saying it's apples to apples, apples to apples. <laughs> And you just said a swear. No, I didn't. You said a swear. So I'm going to, this bears repeating. The man who did this deserves to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. But what this man does not deserve is for people to threaten him with physical violence, which has happened. Uh, what this man does not deserve is 300 Yelp comments saying, don't ever go to this dentist place because this man is a bad man. Mm-hmm. Um, what this man doesn't deserve is his practice had to shut down as a result of the mob scene that happened as a result of his actions. But it's not just about this man. This man has a family. This man has employees. This man. So it's not just about this man. And for us to um, have this sense of mob justice towards him, I feel is unfair. And I'll speak personally. And like I said, this is apples and oranges, but... I know that Cecil is an endangered animal and all of that, but there are there are animals that get slaughtered on a daily basis to feed me um, over the years. I eat hamburgers, I eat bacon, I eat all these things. So I know it's apples and oranges, but I still feel like the um, level of outrage towards this single animal is a little bit out of it's out of balance a little bit. Secondly, there are people that get murdered every single day in this country. And there it just seems like the level of outrage for this one single animal is a little bit out of balance and I invite our listeners because I invited this myself is don't be the judge and jury the minute that you hear a story. I mean, have compassion towards this lion and this man deserves to be prosecuted. But the idea that he is, that his life has to stop in any way or in every way as a result of this really big mistake before any other due diligence from the law, it just seems a little out of whack. Do you have any feedback for me on um, that? Well, I kind of look at it in a bigger way. I don't think it's just about the man and the lion. Um, and actually, I don't want to cut him too much slack, but he actually thought it was a legal hunt. Mm-hmm. So he is... Jared. So this so this guy, and I, I haven't read that much. Yeah, he so thought he was, thought what he was doing was legal. Correct. Now, he was mistaken, right. and he deserves to be prosecuted. But right. what he, his intention was, he wasn't doing anything right. illegal. Right. Okay. He paid money, and he was depending on the people there <laughs> to set up the hunt. And there's some talk about him being extradited to Zimbabwe and such. But I think it's bigger than just that. I think that why, you know, it's become such a big deal is I think that it awakens people to something that maybe we're not always looking at. Right. Because your point the other day was when we were talking about this was, you know, this happens quite a bit. You know, there's big game hunters out there and why is there rage at this one person? And I think these are the kind of experiences that open the door where we actually take a light, uh, a flashlight, we look at what's Mm. happening and we're like, wait a second, Mm. this goes against everything I believe. This is, this is cruel. Mm -hmm. This is the big question is why do people even hunt in this way? Um, And a lot of times there's 
justification about other types of hunting because of overpopulation. And I, I don't have enough information about well, that to comment. Let me interrupt for you real quick, but okay. I think that's an important point. Like I go into people's offices and they always have deer ha- deer heads and bear heads and and like stuffed foxes and all that. Now, none of those animals are in the endangered species list. Mm-hmm. I, I grant that. But the fact that we live in a society right now where people shoot for game. Right. So the only difference between shooting the fox and shooting the lion is that the lion is an endangered species. And that it was so cruelly done. I think that there is something to... I think most times... Whenever you hunt an animal with a bow, it's cruelly done. You mean the fact that it bled to death and yes, that's that's. I think that happens one, to a lot of animals. And they it, get, it may. I don't. I don't know anything about right. hunting. I am not a hunter. We are not your resource for hunting. <laughs> we, believe us. I know nothing about guns. Yeah. I know nothing about hunting. I just know that they hurt people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really all I know. Um, but I, what I'm trying to say is, it's beyond the logistical elements that you're talking about. It's beyond just this guy and this lion. It opens the door and makes us question why mm-hmm. this happens. Not not to, well, it's happened before and this guy does it irregardless. Yeah. Why are we okay with this? Mm-hmm. And one thing, just to get a little of what I was uh, listening to Rob Bell last night, he was in Chicago and um, one of the things he was talking about is the progression of the universe is moving in a way um, that since the very beginning of time when we were particles, you know, it's always been moving in the progression of um, unity, mm-hmm. you know, and connection and and growing in togetherness. And I think all of us now look at something like this and say, mm, this kind of goes against the grain of what we're moving toward. Well, the one thing we said is it's possible that this tragedy might be the best thing to happen to endangered lions. Possibly. Because it brings it to in the limelight, like Michael Vick with the with, with the dog, dog fighting. fighting. Yeah. The guy from PETA said Michael Vick is the best thing that ever happened to us because it got everybody talking about it. So anyways. And that is, I think that's what Cecil has really become is it's not, Cecil his life was sacrificed and nobody's okay with that, but he's become a figurehead right. now for questioning this because this guy, this Dennis isn't the only big game hunter, mm-hmm. um, but he's becoming a, a role model. What's the word I'm looking for? Not a role model, an example yeah. um, of what can happen and how, what people really feel yeah. about this. And, um, so I think it's just broadening our conversation. I think that as far as, you know, animal rights activists and people who have already been working in this arena, it's enough. They'd known this all along. Right. They've been working to try and get rid of big game hunting for, you know, right. and, and they're not, it's not about you can't do these things you love anymore. It's about let's break down these things that you say you love and let's really talk about what you're doing mm-hmm. because a lot of, everyone's always like you're trying to take away something from me but the thing you're doing <laughs> is harmful to the bigger picture of the world so a lot of times we're very like we're like toddlers mm-hmm. like you can't take that away from me that's my thing that's what i do but what if the thing you do not only hurts creatures who have emotions and families and lives, because, you know, Cecil had 24 
children mm-hmm. that now have nobody to protect them. Right. So the and again, I again I don't know much about this, but the first couple articles I read was that they probably won't survive. So do you see how this extends? I do, I do. But my the the, the focus has been on what you're talking about for the last week, and I just don't know. What I'm trying to do is maybe. Uh, shine a light on our reaction to such a tragedy and we are so quick to judge as a society and with with social media it's it's exponentially more bright right and i totally hear what you're saying so, so i'm just saying you know we you know with the whole maya angelo thing if it is of him it is of us right like we're all and w- is there any space for compassion for this man who made this horrible mistake of course that's like, all i wanted to say of course and and i'm not I, again like i said i was trying to take it off that situation mm-hmm. i'm not saying people are justified in being non-compassionate right. nor am i saying they're justified in being cruel to this man that's mm-hmm. not what i'm saying what i'm saying is this is bigger than the man and the lion yes. and the reason you're seeing such a crazy outpour mm-hmm. is not just about this one thing mm-hmm. it's about people being awakened to what's happening yeah. so the unfortunate thing is is this guy's getting a lot of the repercussions of that awakening right. so in no way, gosh, I would never justify, I don't care who the, you know, Todd and I on the show talk about people in prison and criminals and people who have done things and we have to have compassion for all people. So mm-hmm. of course I in no way back people's cruelty of this person. Right. He has a family just like Cecil had a family. Yeah. Like it, if we were just having this talk with someone yesterday mm-hmm. about how he was saying, we were talking with someone who was saying that he feels that this person shouldn't be living, that they're not, you know, because of something this person did, they're, they shouldn't be able to live mm-hmm. any longer. And we're like, but wait a second. It's the same. It's the thing. If you hurt them, mm-hmm. then they, then that has repercussions and, and what's waves mm-hmm. and what's ripples yeah. to the rest of his family and the world. And it right. doesn't and you make think sense. That, that harming somebody because you're mad at them will make you feel better. But in the it end, doesn't. it doesn't. It makes it. It hurts yourself. It makes you feel awful. And that's the thing about forgiveness. Remember, the definition of forgiveness is not that you let people off the hook. Mm -hmm. It's that you no longer carry the anger and hatred that ends up hurting you. But it doesn't take away what happened, meaning there are repercussions. There are consequences to to this man's choices, even if he thought he was doing something legal, which I think when it runs through the courts, he... He wasn't doing anything different than he was doing the other times that he killed animals. It doesn't make it correct. I'm just saying I think a lot of us are asking for things that – Well, and it's so funny. Like like this man does this tragic thing and these people are judging this man and here I am judging these people to the reaction. And it's funny how it gets contagious. And why don't we, because this is powerful, change the words instead of judging – to you are recognizing and becoming aware of what people do because judgment sounds like, oh, you shouldn't do that and they shouldn't do that and we should all just like throw our hands up and say, what do we do? Becoming self-aware is about recognizing how we treat each other. If it be our animal friends, because for us to believe that the animals don't affect us and that we don't affect the animals, come on. I mean, the animals are, we're sharing this planet with them and they have play a huge role well, we played in the, our lives. We played the Julia Roberts thing last week. Yeah, nature. Nature. Mother and, nature. you know, just the simple things like, well, this isn't simple at all, but, you know, how the bees are disappearing. Yeah. And how that's going to affect 
ev- not just humans, mm-hmm. everything. Right. And how, you know, we don't worry enough about the dolphins and the whales. Actually, there are people who do. But the elef- elephants are going ex- extinct. You don't think that's going to have huge reverberations mm-hmm. around the – so, again, I know you're trying to close this conversation, but – it's not just about them. And when people are acting out in anger at this man, I think their anger is about something grander right. than this one act. Well, and it, yeah, I mean, we can keep on talking about this for the next half hour. So let's just close it up. I was about to take it in a completely different direction, but okay. I won't. So, okay. But I first want to talk about our first partner, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Her number is 630-941-8733. She adjusts us on a uh, bi-monthly basis. She's in Elmhurst, but she has um, patients from all over the city. So if you're around or if you're interested, go to chirotree.com and check her out. Um, you know what I want to say in between? What? Just a, a thing about our conference. Um, so just so you guys know, as an update, Send Parenting Radio Conference is rocking along, and the lineup is awesome, and the venue is awesome, and the sponsors and vendors are awesome. Todd Knight could We're not be awesome. more about how it's progressing. The website is going to be up. Um, probably in the next month, maybe in the next couple of weeks, who knows? And then we will start really marketing and promoting, yeah, making a push, making a push where you can get your tickets. Because I know a lot of people jumped on Kickstarter, but a lot of people are planning on coming and they keep asking when they can get their tickets. If they want to get their tickets right now, could they, sweetie? They could. Um, we have a link. Uh, if you go to zenparentingradio.com and click events, you can go there and get tickets. But if you want to wait for the website to see, everything and the times and the dates and all that kind of stuff, you can do that as well. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to give a Zen Parenting Radio conference with people we love. We should have a jingle. I know. We're working on it. I know. Do you want to go to Rob Bell or do you want to go to Victim? Uh, go to Victim. All right. So um, I think this was my idea. Yes. So it's two of my ideas in a row. You yes. can have the third idea. Thank you. I just, I don't think we've done 250. This is our 251st podcast. And I don't know if we've dedicated any time towards victim mentalities. Okay. Um, uh, how would I define what a victim mentality is? It's if you have. Sometimes I'm the victim. Sometimes I feel sorry for myself. But there are certain people I come across in my day to day existence where um, they are a constant um, victim. Yes, they are a result of all the bad things that happened to them. Yes, and it's a trigger for me. Not to say I'm uh, above it, but I try to be dependent. Like we all have bad stuff that yeah, have happened to us, some yeah. worse than others. For example, Victor Frankl, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, Correct. right? He made a wonderful life for himself and he went through one of the most horrific events in the history of mankind, Ever. which is uh, the Holocaust. And he lived in a camp and he had all these reasons to hate, you know, Germans and every and human beings. And he made something wonderful out of his life. One other example Wayne Dyer, one of our favorite spiritual teachers, he grew up in an orphanage, and um, I think his brother's doing better now, but he used to tell stories about how his brother would blame the world for for all the bad things that happened to him because he had a rough childhood, and Wayne took that and made a wonderful life, and he used these lessons as a propelling mechanism to change uh, people for the better. So anyway. So well, I want to go back to Viktor Frankl and say that what he writes about in that book is how he recognized... He began. He became kind of a sociologist in that time, where he looked at people and he questioned why are some people surviving mm-hmm. and some people are not. Why are some people even in this awful environment? I think thrive is too strong of a word, but like 
continuing on and some people cannot. Right. And he, you know, discovered and, and his language is more uh, eloquent, but it was the way people fought mm-hmm. and the way that they, what they focused on and what they were able to take from being outside and getting a breath of fresh air where other people would be like, oh, this may be my last breath of fresh It's like, it's like a different um, thought system. Yeah. And and it doesn't make and so all those people went through this same experience that we can't even fathom, nor mm-hmm. do we want to. Yet some people were able to come out forever changed, but whole enough mm-hmm. to continue. Right, and, and, and they made a decision, and we have a decision every day on whether or not day. we're going to blame the world for bad things that happen to us, not according to according to our plan. Or we can use everything as a as a lesson. I'm I'm stealing this from a blog I read this morning. It's by a guy named Henrik Edberg. Okay. And the name of the blog is How to Break Out of a Victim Mentality, Seven Powerful Tips. But first, he starts it off and he talks about the benefits of a victim mentality. You ready, sweetie? Oh, I, I can guess. There's four of them. Do you want to guess one of them? Well, you get a lot of sympathy and empathy. Number one, attention and validation. Attention, yeah. You can always get good feelings from other people as they're concerned about you and try to help you out. On the other hand, it may not last for long as people get tired of it. Because, and then what people do is mm-hmm. they come up with another problem. Yep. Or they'll say, the reason I can't do this is because of these problems before. Right. Okay. Number two, you don't have to take risks. Right. You right? get to be, you don't have to be responsible. You don't take action. Yeah. You get to, you don't have to risk, for example, of uh, rejection or failure. Number Correct. three, you don't have to take the sometimes heavy responsibility. The, and that's actually, that's more of what I was saying about the second one. Cause yeah. you were saying don't take risks, yeah. but this is the one where you don't, when you live in a victim state, you don't have to take responsibility for anything right. because you, if anyone tried to make you responsible, you'll, you'd say, but what about all my issues? Right. So you couldn't, you wouldn't take it. Right. And then the last one is it makes you feel right. When you feel like the victim, totally. like everyone else, uh, everyone else is wrong and you're right and you can, and that can lead to pleasurable feelings. You win. You win. You're a winner. Winning. Mikey is the big winner here. Who's the big winner here? Mikey. <laughs> Mikey's a big winner. Mikey wins. Yay, Mikey. Um, so what he's saying in this is if you can be aware of these quota, and I think it's a play on words, benefits, yeah. but if you can be aware of these, it might help you when you're maybe falling into that victim mentality. If you recognize like, oh, this is the one of the benefits of being a victim and you decide that you don't want to be that, you just need to be aware of it before you can change it. Well, I'd like to make a differentiation sure. because I really think there's a difference in having a time where you're grieving or struggling and and having a victim mentality. Right. Because I have have I felt like a victim before? Of course, but I don't play it like a thing. Mm. Like I, I'm not like, okay, now I'm gonna put on I think they're two very different things. Well, and I think the differentiator is we have stories in our head. For example, my mom and dad used to argue a lot when I was a little kid. Right. And I feel like my marriage to you is stronger because of that. Mm -hmm. Somebody else in my position may take the same attitude that my parents took towards each other and ended up fighting with their wife and became abusive towards their spouse. Yes. So I so that's a story that people say in their head. Like the reason I don't have a good relationship with my wife is because my dad used to yell at my mom. 
And then that's their period and the end of sentence. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I cannot. This is beyond my control. I can't do it. My dad used to yell at my mom, so I can't help but yell at my wife. Right. And that drives me crazy because they're living a story that happened 10, 20, 30, 40, 70 years ago. Right. Drives me crazy. Yeah. And I think that we sometimes people can tell their story. Something that I've been noticing for years is the whole concept of storytelling, so much so that one thing I learned from a conference a few weeks ago is that when I'm even telling a story, I've learned to pat myself on the head mm-hmm. and say to myself, story. And the reason I do that is because- So it, you literally pat yourself oh, yeah. on the head I, I, as a reminder absolutely. because- Because storytelling isn't, it's not always good for me, mm-hmm. A, B, it puts me in a certain emotional state that's usually negative. Mm-hmm. I don't pat myself on the head when I'm telling a great story right. in my head because the great story makes me more energetic, alive, and better for other people. So I don't need to question the stories that are helping me. Mm-hmm. But the, the stories of negativity or that people are doing me wrong or or I'm not important enough or nobody sees me, I pat myself on the head. Now, does that – I am not patting my – notice I said I pat myself on the head. I don't beat myself up. Yeah. I don't say what a loser. I am. I remind myself in the present moment that I'm telling a story Mm -hmm. and that sometimes someone doesn't email you back because they're on vacation or it's in junk mail or they're going to do it tomorrow. Like we create this whole, this righteousness about that we know what's happening and we are so afraid of getting hurt that we jump the gun Mm -hmm. and we become the hurt-er. Right. Or we... Preemptively. Preemptively start to look around and say how everybody else is bad and how poor me. Well, and that's all true. But just to go back one more time to my story of my upbringing, what I would say, like, let's say I was somebody who decided to be a victim. What the advice I would give to myself, if that's the attitude I took, I'd be like, dude, the story is over. Over. It's over. And you can decide what you do with that information. And you know what? It wasn't your story. Right. You were in that home mm-hmm. and you saw things. And I, I don't want to deny the implications of that, the repercussions of that. But it wasn't your story. Right. We pick up the other thing. The reason that I often pat my head is because a something that I have found is part of the reason I don't do individual therapy with people is sometimes they tell me their stories and I literally try and process their story and figure out how they should deal with their story. And it's not my story. And, and I, I do that with the news. I do that with, when I see a movie that's heavy, I do. And a lot of people, what they do is they carry around everyone else's story as their own. And then not only from their, their family of origin, but from something they saw on TV, something they heard in a song and they're like, Oh, that's my story. It's actually not you. They, someone else is saying their, their story and you are taking it as your own and weighing yourself down. The, Victim mentality, the reason that it's frustrating, I think um, it's a trigger for you, it's definitely a trigger for me, is I could tell my life story with a twist. And I don't mean make up things, Mm -hmm. but I could take If you're looking at it through a certain lens. Sure. And I could tell a sob story Mm -hmm. that, you know, here this happened, here this happened, this happened, and I had this experience, and I could create a victim story yeah so a when, very convincing sure i mean it's everyone could every I'm single not, one of us can i'm not alone in this yeah all of you listening 
you know, and I don't want you to really do this because it's too heavy, but you can go back through your story mm. and tell a pretty sad story. Yeah. Or you go back and you notice how everything led to the next thing, how you grew from experience, how how this led you to that, how hindsight is twenty twenty, And that allows you to continue to progress. And even if this didn't lead to that, you can make a decision in this present moment that you're not going to let it drag you down anymore. Even if you'd played no role in it, like uh, uh, um, what's her name? Immaculate. Immaculate. So she wrote a book years ago. It was like nine years ago, 10 years ago. I'll look ago. it up. I forget. I read it, but I forgot what it was called. She is a, a survivor of the Rwanda genocide. Mm-hmm. Okay. She watched family members, neighbors brutally. Yeah, kill each other with machetes. They, with machetes. They, they didn't have um, they didn't have guns. Right. They had machetes. And she watched it, and she lived in a bathroom mm-hmm. for what three weeks? Uh, Two something weeks? like that. She was stuffed in a bathroom. Talk about it being very reminiscent of the Holocaust. Um, the name of the book is "Discover uh, uh, Left to Tell: Discovering God Amidst the Rwandan Holocaust," and it's a fascinating book. I read that book faster than I've probably read any book because it, you know you're freaking nervous for her as she hides in this closet for three weeks. Yes. With I these, thought it was a bathroom. Um, I think it was, I, I don't remember, but it was something small. Let's see. It's actually uh, experienced during the 94 genocide. She survived hidden for 91 days. 91 days. With seven other women in a small bathroom, yeah. no larger than three feet long and four feet wide with an area of 12 feet. Okay. So they didn't talk. Yeah. They didn't. 91 and, days. So my point is she's got a story that she had nothing to do with, meaning this was happening in her environment without her. It's not like she chose this, wanted this, but she came out of it and made a decision. Yep. I am the Why all that happened was because of anger and hatred and mm-hmm. divisiveness and not being awake and alert in your life. So she said, I'm not going to do that because yeah. that's not going to help. And she now pre- preaches the message of love. The reason I say this is because you kind of said it before. You said some people have you know, diff- more difficult stories than others. And I'm using these most extreme stories of genocide and Holocaust because a lot of us like to compare our stories. Yeah, compare oh, ours with that one. Yeah, yeah. And so there you go. Immaculate so- shares how her Roman Catholic faith guided her through her terrible ordeal and describes her eventual forgiveness Forgiveness, forgiveness and compassion towards her family's killers. Yes. Crazy. And in doing that, she saved herself. Yeah, she set herself free. She set herself free. And so I, for those of you that are kind of live that victim thing, like people shouldn't ask things of me because I've had a difficult time in my life or I don't have to take responsibility because there, here's my label or here's my diagnosis or here's my, we've all, we all have some of that. Yeah. What we have to choose in our life is not to forget those things, mm-hmm. but to integrate them into who we're going to become. Yeah. We take the lessons of these experiences and we decide to move forward with the universe and to spread something better. Right. When you become a victim and you shut down and you say, nobody should expect anything of me. I deserve to be where I am. You don't get me. I have more pain than you. You have stopped. Mm-hmm. You, are no lo- you are not growing. You are not thriving. You have shut down and basically told the world to leave you alone. Um, Can I just – I'm not going to read anything other than the bullet points. Sure. These are the seven steps. One is know the benefits of a victim mentality. We talked about that. Number 
Two is to be okay with not being the victim. Number three is to take responsibility for your life. So we've talked about each one of these in one way, shape, or form. Number four is to have gratitude. Shocking. Oh, it's huge. Number five is to forgive, once again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever your story is, whether it's parents or a coach or just whatever, express forgiveness. Um, number six, turn your focus outward and help someone out. That's a good step to get out of your victim mentality. And lastly is give yourself a break, which basically means you're going to fall back into of it. Of course. And don't beat yourself up don't for it. Don't beat yourself up. And and here's the thing. For those of you who have people in your life who are victims, it doesn't really help to make them feel worse, yeah. meaning to tell them how wrong they are or to name call or whatever. It kind of – it it – it's unfortunate because it can shape relationships and make them more difficult, but don't engage. Yeah. I mean, Todd and I have this experience with some people and there are we you can love people and and make them a very important part of your life, but not enable or engage the victim mentality. And when that starts to become very clear that it's in the room mm. and that it's, you know, that's where the conversation's going. Detach with detach love. Detach with love. And you don't detach with, I'm out of here. And blah, blah, blah. there is a way to love people without enabling their behavior. Yeah. And it's easier said than done. And if someone said, well, how, Kathy, how? It's moment by moment, mm-hmm. different with each person. Yeah. Um, and you, it's about you. Yeah. How do you need to be right? Do you need to demonstrate to this person how wrong they are? Mm-hmm. Do you need to feel like you're the big, like teacher and therapist and spiritual one? Or can you allow not, not be that role and just allow? And Todd and I have to practice that a lot with a lot of different people where, um, as teachers, yep. sometimes you want to just continue that teaching yeah. and you realize that to maintain certain relationships, it that doesn't help. True. And um, so you know, it's uh, again, there's no anger. I like Todd said it. Triggerment or um, victim mentality does trigger me, but that's only because one of my most important virtues and values is personal responsibility. Yeah. That that we nobody is responsible for you getting your act together except you. And then once you start that process, people will rise up and support you. Mm-hmm. But it starts with you. And so I, you know, a lot of things have been put into place in our society that give people permission to remain stuck. Stuck and distant from their own responsibility. Um, I want to talk about our second partner, sweetie, because um, then we're going to go to Rob Bell. Okay, please. Are you all right with yes, that? I'm ready. Uh, John J. Kelly. My friend, an awesome dentist, uh, he's uh, helping uh, two of our daughters with facial orthotropics, which is all about facial development and airway. It's kind of a different take on the traditional orthodontics. Cannot uh, recommend him highly enough. The website is chicagodentistonline.com. So uh, give him a call. He does a whole bunch of other things, but that's what our family is uh, using his services for. So chicagodentistonline.com. Well, he's also cleaning my teeth. That's right. I have to get a cavity filled. And I don't want to. Well, and uh, <laughs> Dr. Sarah is like, come back twice a year. Who goes twice no, a year? We get our stop clean. It. Stop, it. stop it. I'm sure so. John Kelly would love that. No, don't go twice a year. Just go once a year. Once a year is plenty. Well, and I, I get my teeth clean once a year. And he said, uh, and I'm there all the time, though, with the girls. I feel mm-hmm. like we see him more than most people. But he, you know, it's kind of like one of those sticky places where for two years he's been like, yep, 
Yeah. Probably should get that filled. And I'm like, yeah. Take your time. Take your time. Anyway, that's um, my own issue. One of the reasons I started this podcast five years ago with you. You started this podcast? With you. With me, yes. Yeah. Don't forget about those last two words. I know. Is I want to be a resource to our listeners. Oh, good. I have two more resources. Oh, great. My plumber, his name's Bill. I love him. Um, he told me to buy something called a Zip It, Exhibit A, Z-I-P-I-T, and I have a wife with long hair and three daughters with long hair, <laughs> and our drain got clogged, and I did the old unscrew the drain thing and used the zip. It's like this long plastic thing with these little catchy things. Uh-huh. It was and pretty gross. It's pretty grotesque, but it saved me um, you know, a $100 call from the plumber. So zip it. Go ahead and get it. It's at your hardware store. Sweetie, you should have had an Austin Powers clip ready to go. Uh, and then the other thing is the doodle art things. Oh, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know what doodle art is, it's like a big poster thing of... Um, well, let me let me sure, explain that when I was little, my Aunt Peg, um, she lived in Florida, and when we would go to her house for Easter, she would always have like this huge poster on her table that all of us would color, mm-hmm. and we'd just kind of sit around and color our own parts. It's huge. Like, yeah. it takes months, yeah. you know? And everyone would kind of color. And it's a great way to be active while together. Mm-hmm. And you, you talk or you don't yes, talk. It lends itself to conversations that otherwise may be difficult to have. Right. Like, And it just gives you something to do with your energy. Yes. And so the girls and I were at uh, the toy store, I don't know, about three months ago. Um, this one downtown. What's it called? Main Street Toys? Give them a shout out. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's on York. And they have these doodle art posters, not quite as big as the ones my aunt had when I was little, but pretty big. Yeah. It takes up about half of a table. And the girls and me, and do you, I love them. Do you, do I you love color them? them? I yeah. love them. Yeah. Because I'm so good at coloring inside the lines. Remember that part from Mr. Mom where he goes, I got, I yelled at Camp Kenny for coloring outside the lines. <laughs> you just watched that the other day. I did. Again. I watched that with my daughters. Um, and we watched Ferris Bueller last night. A few swear words, whatever. Cameron. When Cameron was in Egypt's land, let my Cameron go. Why did John Hughes put that part in the movie? Because it's hilarious. But why? It's like the bus scene. What is he saying? Sixteen Candles. It doesn't. I don't know. It's just. That's why it's great. It makes no sense. And that is. Well, when I say my, I don't mean I own it. I mean I appreciate that sense of humor. John Hughes. So, so Rob Bell. Let me jump into this. Um, So. He's doing this tour of the United States called um, Spirituality is in Everything. Or is it Everything is Spiritual? Look it up. Rob Bell. It doesn't, it's one or the other. And it's kind of cool because he's in this bus. They left on July 6th. They've traveled all over the country, and it's he and his wife and his sons. So it's kind of like this family adventure. And Todd, I've decided that next summer we're going to do that. Really? We're getting on a bus? We are going to get on a bus with the girls and we're going to go to a few places. We're not getting on a bus. Yes, we are. Would you listen? Sure, go ahead. There, I have gotten about three emails from people in California just in the last three weeks saying, will you come out and talk? Mm-hmm. I got an email from yesterday. Uh, um, what's today? Today's Monday. So on Friday from a woman in Texas who was like, do you guys ever come here and talk? We get, you know... All over the United States, people say, can he come here? Can he come here? And we say, no. Right. Correct? Yep. So because we're Chicagoans and we have children and we have the... and I These kids are really getting on my nerves. <laughs> They're an anchor. So what if next summer we don't... We're not going to go all over the country like Rob Bell, but what if we choose like three places and road trip with the girls? Can we camp? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'll sleep in the bus. Sounds like a no. 
Well, maybe we'll take an RV. Wow. You okay with us taking an RV? For a two-week outing. I'm in. Okay. And then we'll Girls go- are going to not like it at all. We'll go to California and do a thing there. And if you are interested in us coming next summer, email me. <laughs> Talk about long Does it have planning. to be California? Can it be That's somewhere where I closer? get the most emails from. I get emails from people in California. Let's fly to California Actually, and then New- take an RV up and down the coast. New York, I've gotten a lot of calls from too. Hey, we're from New York. I got okay, a gun. Let's, let's go, go to, to a Broadway, Broadway show. show. Um, or Delaware. Hey, we're in... Delaware. Delaware. Actually, that's where Hunter's from. Yes. She's one of our sponsors for the um, uh, conference. So HunterYoga.com, yes, sweetie. Yes, Hunter Yoga. So here's the thing. Last night, Rob Bell, with his family, he's in Chicago at the theater, and he's talking about how the progression of our universe has, going in a, has been going in a certain direction since the beginning of time. And he uses science, obviously, to explain that we started out as particles, the particles came together, became atoms. Molecules? Oh, sorry. No, the atoms came together and became molecules. The molecules came together and became cells. Cells? The cells came together and began to create living, or I mean, cells are already living. Right. And so are atoms, but it came continued. So you see the progression of coming together, coming together, coming together, coming together. And the when the cells were created, yeah. we were still like 3.9 billion years away from being created. Okay? Took a while. Took a while. The point is, is that it's uh, there's an obvious pattern going on Evolution. in the universe. And you can call it space or universe or God or love. The word is irrelevant. It's a progression and an energy that moves through all of us and progresses our world. Bigger than our world, our universe, our solar system, whatever. And why we need to understand this is it gives us, first of all, better perspective on our lives. Um, And it also helps us understand that we're constantly moving toward unity. Mm -hmm. The three things that he said that we're constantly moving toward is complexity. Mm -hmm. Because we started out as particles, simple, right? Yeah. But then it's like, hey, let's form an atom. Got more... Confusing. Yeah. And complex. It, complex. Things became, com- you know, like I think there's more atoms in a glass of water than there is in every ocean all over the United States or no, all over the United States, all over the world. You mean there's more atoms in a glass of water than there are glasses of water in the ocean? There's more atoms in a glass of water. I'm trying to remember his language because I, I was watching it on the, uh, he was drawing it. There's more atoms in a glass of water. I can't remember. Let's just go with mine. Let's just go with there's a lot of atoms. There's five in this family. There are five, but that's A-D-A-M-S, not A-T-O-M-S, like the university in Revenge Revenge of the Nerds. Nerds. Adams College. Nerds. (laughs) Okay. Revenge of the Nerds. Sweetie, you should play the one song. Um, But as Todd is finding that, complexity. Also, we're growing in depth. So things are becoming more deeper and meaningful and purposeful. And and again, when you trace through time and you, tra- you know, like species and everything is like getting more intricate and again, uh, deeper. Sweetie, those nerds. Those nerds were cleaning up their house. They know how to clean that house. Remember they had the robot? The robot um, was vacuuming. 
Sweetie, let's throw some names out. Poindexter. Um, Lewis. Booger. Gilbert. Ogre. Ogre. Uh, Jefferson. No, he's not Jefferson. Oh. Um, what's his name? Don't tell me. Um, Betty Childs. Miss Childs. <laughs> um, what's his name? What's Jefferson? What about the Omega Moose? We land a land. We should play that song instead. I will. Oh, here it is. The Talent Show. You got to put one put. This is good. Oh, this video will be in our show notes. All by right. The way. And hopefully you guys have seen this movie, because if you haven't, you're like, why are they playing this? Of course they've seen this movie. Poindexter on the violin. Lamar. Right, sweetie? Yeah. Lamar. And his javelin. He knows how to play. There's shock in the crowd. Here comes Booger. He's jamming on the guitar. What about the Asian guy? I don't remember. Oh, what's his name? He's playing the gong. Yes, we can't say what he says. Uh, what the heck is a fresh? He says that. He says other things, too. Okay, can we... Oh, here comes Lamar. Clap okay. your hands, everybody. And everybody clap your hands. We lambda, 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 and... Come on, sweetie. Omega Moves. And we've come here on stage tonight to do a show for you. We got a rock and rhythm and a high-tech sound That'll make your body burn down to the ground We got Poindexter on the violin And Lewis and Gilbert will be joining in We got Booga Presley on the mean guitar And a rap by little old me No more, we got Takashi beating on his gong The boys in the moves are clapping along And just when you think you've seen it all Along comes a lambda four feet tall All right, that's good enough He's, He moonwalks Yeah, he does Sweetie, you've never seen this movie, have you? Never Well... It's probably not appropriate why this is an important movie in a young young boy's life. I understand. Do you understand? Because of the pie contest. <sighs> yeah, well, they break in and... I know. understand, and they put the cameras. That's the thing that that guy says to Kashi. Yeah. Okay. So, remember... <laughs> Third thing. They stay up all night? Yes. Okay. And they drink... Uh, they put cereal in their bowl, and then they put beer on it. Ugh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Um, but not Gilbert. He went to bed. He and Judy. Not, not with Judy. Judy was... Back at her house, but remember Gilbert, he slept. Did he? Yeah, he come. He came downstairs, didn't he? Yeah. He was like, well, a few of them doing? stayed down to watch for the entire evening. Right. So which hormones, is, which is part of a movie, but is not appropriate in right. real life. Can I just say that? Uh, yes, completely I'm inappropriate. Three girls Don't ever do I, that. I am a woman. Yes, that's not okay. Hear me roar. Okay, so my point is, <laughs> is that we are. So one of the quotes that I love that he said, uh, I think it's from D. Chardin, was. Progress is the soul of the universe. Progress doesn't mean that you get your next raise. Right. It means that we're constantly moving toward complexity, depth, and unity. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to Cecil. Yeah. You understand that when something like that happens, it's not just about the dentist and the lion. People are waking up and saying, wait, this is not the way of our universe. Yeah. We're going in the wrong direction. Racism. Right. When we see things in Ferguson and when we see things, you know, that occur around our country that are unjust or are scary or moving us backwards, the reason we have such a visceral 
reaction is because it's not the way of the universe. Right. We are moving toward unity. We are evolving. And for those of you who are like, we don't need to evolve. Sorry, you already are. Yeah. You like it or not. It's part of the gig. I actually read a quote um, in Pima Children's book this weekend, which was really good, too. I'd love to talk about it another time. Um, it's called Living Beautifully with Uncertainty and Change. And the quote was – it was I, can't, I think it was from a Native American elder or maybe it was from one of her Buddhist teachers. I can't remember – that basically said, as this world is changing and evolving, there are going to be people that hold on to the side of the river. Well, and that's what you could say about the, you know, you just said the racism that's on the news all the time. But I didn't finish the quote. Sorry. Is that people will be holding on to the side of the river and they're going to get beat up with everything flowing down the river Mm -hmm. and they're going to experience a lot of suffering and pain grasping onto the side. Mm -hmm. But the people who move into the flow of the river are guided gently down the stream. Mm. Sounds like row, row, row your boat, Mm -hmm. right? In that we need to flow with the evolving nature of our world. And that in itself is a reminder that we have to look at ourselves and continuously decide, are we moving toward unity Mm. or are we going backwards? Well, and I think what I was trying to get at, and I think that quote did not not completely align with what I was going after is all the negativity that goes on in the news, like the Middle East and racism and all that, that can be described as the bubbling of the old school philosophy. And this... These types of magnified situations yes. is very normal when there is a society that is evolving. There are people who grasp onto the sides yeah. no matter what, and they say no, and they dig their heels in. That's what that is. And that is, you know, we can't change. I don't want to look at it. It's not right. And they are, A, not looking at themselves and who they are and their own behavior, and they're blaming others. And, B, they're not akin Mm. to the idea that we have to continue to progress. That's the whole process. And not because you and I say so, but because it started with particles. This is not like a, oh, my belief system, believe me. This is science. This is before we started. This is before we anything started. Mm. This was before we understood anything. This was... Um, you know, we, we can now take this in hindsight. Um, so I guess that, you know, there's so much more, but if we can accept that, that our growth and also that some of the most difficult things that happen to us, you know, he talked about within space and within the creation of our world, that there was a lot of dark places and dark, like there's still super massive black holes all over space, The the universe. So we don't understand what they're there for. And dark doesn't always mean negative. Right. I want to say that first. But that sometimes dark energies are challenging things that happen to us. They propel us yeah. to the next place. And going back to the victim mentality, if we have challenging things that happen to us and they put us backwards or keep us stuck, we are moving against the flow of the universe, which then itself causes suffering. Right. And so I'm making this sound really grand and I'm giving you a big macro version of things that are not that easy. Mm-hmm. But – Sometimes understanding the macro helps us deal with the micro, doesn't you, it? It does. Can you uh, – any references or resources regarding Rob Bell in case somebody digs that message? Oh, absolutely. Um, let's see. Because then it's uh, – we're 51 minutes in. Oh, OK. Uh, Rob Bell, I, you can go to his website. I think it's robbell.com. He has a new podcast um, that's pretty good. He has – so if you go to your podcast and look up Rob Bell – uh, his most famous book that he got most of his flack for, he he says that everywhere he goes, he has picketers because he used to be a Christian preacher. And even though he still talks about Christianity and Jesus 
he no longer preaches because he feels that all ways to love are good. Yeah. Um, which to him is obvious, yeah. um, but to many is not. Right. And so there are people who call him a heretic and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But he um, he is touring around the country right now, but I think that's ending. Um, and his book that I was mentioning is called Love Wins, but he also has one called Velvet Elvis, and he's got a bunch of them. Hmm. Okay. So check him out. All right. Um, so closing out the show, um, I am doing a six-session a Zen Finance Club that we're going to do on the phone. It's only me and 11 or 12 other people. We're going to have information on zenparentingradio.com. Click on events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to start uh, the second Monday of September. And it's going to be uh, the second and fourth Monday of every month for three months starting in September. Wow. And it's just about putting these ideas that I learned from this incredible book by Tony Robbins called Money Master the Game, putting some of the ideas of that into practice. Because I read the book and I realized, wow, I didn't do half the stuff I wanted to do. And I kind of want to have some type of accountability partnership and just kind of have a good group of people to kind of share ideas with regarding the development of your financial house. And, you know, financial house is another uh, self-awareness practice. And usually when I'm trying to sell things, it's just for the guys, but this is open to guys and girls. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a men and women thing. Yes. I may not be on that call, my love. Sweetie's not invited. I'm not, I'm not invited. Well, you're invited, but you're not going to do it. Okay. It's not your expertise. It's your thing. Yeah. So I want to do my thing. I want to do my thing. Um, so yes, and I was going to say something else about, oh, we're going to be having in the next month at some point an announcement about our next documentary screening. Oh yeah. There, we got about three movies that we're trying to figure out which one we're going to bring to Elmhurst. Um, we'd like to bring all three of them, but we got to figure out which one works the best. And so that'll probably, our next documentary screening in Elmhurst will probably be sometime in October. September, October. Probably October, probably don't October, you think? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then you have three books. Yes. Um, Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, The Self-Aware Parent, and The Self-Aware Parent 2. Um, you can get them on Amazon. You can also get them through me. You can go to the website, kathycadams.com or zenparentingradio.com. Click on store. Um, and there they are for you. Um, and don't forget to uh, share our Facebook posts if you so choose. Reviews. Give us an iTunes review. Tell a friend about our podcast. On iTunes the other day, yeah. we were the seventh uh, kid and family podcast out of about 2,000. Not bad, sweetie. Yeah, I like that. And we got a nice review from uh, Simple Yukon. She's from Canada, sweetie. I'm not going to read it, but it's called Helping Me Be a Better Parent. Well, thank you for that review. Thank you, Simple Yukon. Yes. And uh, our last partner is Jeremy Kraft, Avid Company, um, avidco.net. Painting and remodeling throughout throughout Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. He's a bald-headed beauty. Uh, Words of wisdom is be here now. All right. That's it. All right. See you guys next week.